0: Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast, followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Golonio, section 16, chapter 188. Epiphania Colicia of Recanati who was 55 years old, had suffered from severe difficulty in breathing for about seven months. When she was worst affected, she could not draw breath at all or speak a word or breathe without making a noise. She could not sleep at night or even lie down in her bed. She was compelled to support her head high in bed because she could not breathe except when she was upright and walking about and going upstairs were exceedingly difficult for her. She had heard of Philip's sanctity and his miracles and came to our church as best she could. She fell on her knees before the bier and begged the blessed Philip with all her heart, praying with many tears, that he would restore her to her usual health. Then after praying a while, she took some of the roses which lay on the holy body and applied them to her stomach with total confidence. She perceived at once that her health had returned. Artemisia Kelly, had a hard and permanent tumor growing on the wrist of her left hand, the sort that doctors call a ganglion or node. The tumor had begun when she was small and grew gradually until it reached the size of a walnut or slightly more and became egg-shaped. When she heard of the death of Philip, she came at once to venerate his body and touched her hand to his relics, only the unaffected part being shy of the people who crowded around. Then she took some roses from the bier, and tried to get rid of her tumor by rubbing it with them. She did this in simple faith and with the intention that the blessed Philip should pray for the healing of her body and the ears of God be open to his intercession. The affliction disappeared shortly afterwards with no further medical attention. A girl called Maria Giustiniana of a very good family had scabies or pustules on her head the disease proceeded to cover her head, and medicine was of no avail. When her mother heard of the death of the Blessed Father, she brought her daughter to see the body, where she prayed to God that he would restore her to her firmer health through the merits of Philip. Then she surreptitiously cut some hairs from his head and carried them off home like a great treasure, rejoicing as if her daughter's health was already secure. When they got home, she lightly rubbed the girl's head with Philip's hairs, saying as she did so, I beg you, holy Philip, to grant my daughter the health I expect of you for the sake of those meditations in which you passed so much time for the benefit of Christ's faithful." Her devotion was not unrewarded. The girl began to be better from that moment and after three days found that her head was free of the infection. Except that on her forehead there remained just one ulcer about the size of a gold coin that we call a farthing. And pus or blood continued to ooze from it. The mother applied the same remedy a second time, ignoring all human remedies. And soon afterwards, the ulcer disappeared as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last night, we heard of three people in one family who were cured when they came to see the body of St. Philip as it was laid out in the Chiesa Nuova a couple of days after he died. Crowds and crowds of people were coming. The fathers could not keep flowers on the body. They discovered that whatever was near the body, his vestments, parts of them were being cut away. People wanted something. To remember Saint Philip by. They wanted some relic, something remaining from him. And tonight we see that people thought that anything that had touched Saint Philip's body could itself be an instrument of the divine power. Where do they get this confidence in little material things like hairs, like rose petals? Well, our Lord said that the flowers of the field, which are there today and gone tomorrow, are known by our Heavenly Father, that God takes care of them, and that Solomon... In all his splendor was not as beautiful as the lilies of the field that are there today and gone tomorrow. And a rose, a rose is even more intricate and more beautiful than any earthly king. But also our Lord said that every hair in our head is counted. Every hair in our head is counted. The hairs in our head matter. Not we need to save them all or anything but that God knows them. If God wants to use them, he can. And why would people think that God might want to use a saint's hair? Well, because in our Lord's lifetime, he spit, took spit, spit on the ground, made mud, made a paste of of mud, spit mud, and put it on the man's eyes and said, you go in the pool and wash. And the man went, and his blindness was taken away. That the divine power can flow through spit and mud and nasty water. Or think of Naaman, the Syrian. He came to the prophet and wanted to be healed, and he was told to go wash seven times in the Jordan River. And he was furious. I have better rivers than that, he said. But his servant said, if he told you to do something great, why not just go do it? And he dipped his body seven times in that Jordan River and he was restored to like a childlike flesh. So those that are deeply immersed in the Bible know that the divine power can use material things for healing and for consolation. And we know that garments handkerchiefs, shadows of St. Peter himself healed people. And if the first apostle of Rome could do miracles, and if the tombs of the early saints in Rome could do miracles, why not try St. Philip? People had not seen someone like this before. This St. Philip's like a walking miracle, a real man of God, Like one of the apostles had come in the 16th century. Like one of the desert fathers had shown up. St. Philip was a marvel. And not just a marvel of miracles. I mean, cardinals would come talk to him for four, five, six hours. He was incredibly wise. They would come and talk to him about everything that concerned them when he was alive all the problems of the church, all their personal problems, all their spiritual problems. He was an incredibly wise and learned, discreet and holy priest. He had wisdom that came from above. And these simple people came to him tonight's, in tonight's reading, after he died, believing that as God had worked miracles during his life through Philip, so they would be able to receive miracles still through the remains of his body, through things that touched his body. And they weren't wrong, they weren't wrong. But notice two small things before we end. The first young woman came to our church as best as she could. That's all St. Philip asks us. He doesn't ask for our all. That's Newman's hymn. He asks not our all, but takes whatever we spare him. And that woman with her difficulty breathing, she gave to St. Philip whatever she could spare, as best she could. And that was sufficient for him. And why is that encouraging for us? Because if St. Philip is that way, if an earthly father is that way, he'll take whatever we spare him. He'll take any movement that we have and build on that. If St. Philip is that way, then how much more is Jesus Christ that way? St. Philip is a reflection of Jesus. Our Lord rejoices in us, he rejoices. In every little response we make to his grace. Every sign of friendship we give to him. Every little way we respond. He takes it and builds on that. And the second thing. Is that tonight's miracles sometimes were done by a person being inspired to go On their own. Or also tonight we have a miracle of someone. Whose mother had the faith and brought her daughter. And the mother was orchestrating everything. Even when the daughter didn't get immediately healed. She tried again. She had the whole plan. What the Lord wants from us is faith. And just as he healed the paralyzed man. When he saw the faith of their friends lowering him down. He saw their faith and said, your sins are forgiven. So he can see our faith. He can see faith of people in prayer groups like this who pray, who ask petitions, who seek to help other people. He can see your faith and my faith, and he can help other people. So tonight, let us pray for faith. Let us us pray for faith in the incarnation of Christ. That the word of God, the son of God, truly assumed to himself a human nature. He truly has made his own a human life, a human body. And the divine power can flow through material things. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.